the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, whether it's about teenagers playing Fortnite and some of the ramifications that'll have on our eyeballs and entertainment dollars where they go. It opens up more people to gaming as people get into casual gaming. They go, hey, I might actually like this and stick around for another game. Spend a little bit more money. Sometimes on this show, we'll talk about individual stocks. Whether it's the IPO market where Lyft got everyone kind of excited and underperformed. They were going for a money grab. Pinterest is going more so for let's value the deal correctly before we IPO. Which one would you rather have, the more conservative or the more aggressive one? You're a different investor than me, so you tell me. We're learning now that college graduates are starting to sell stakes in themselves to Wall Street. I love stories like this. I personally think that companies like Amazon... Apple, Google, <sighs> Salesforce can't get their hands on enough developers. And one of the things they're going to have to all start to do is start uh, you know, some sort of college degree for life after high school for those who don't want to go to a big university and pay some of the big university legacy costs. And the indentured servant attitude is not offensive when you're talking about the high cost of colleges. And if someone like a Google or an Apple were to say, we're going to make you a software engineer, would you be willing to give them part of your money, your salary for 10 years? Interesting, right? That's why I'm getting that whole indentured servant. I'm not getting into slavery. I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. Some people incorrectly start espousing like the virtues of things like wars and how they cut down on people and cut down on like people consuming food and like that's pretty dark i'm not one of those people some people can look at a tragedy and go hey slavery was just low-cost labor what's the difference between that and what we're doing in china right now too political for me too political for me college now, you're seeing people go that I got to go to a four-year traditional school and they you got to make money and you pay back the student loan afterwards and there's kind of a thing going on there. Your monthly payment. Your monthly payment is going to be more than your car payment. Should you get married? Should you not get married? You got this debt. You're in your 20s. You're coming out of college. Purdue Purdue University. Um, They've started a program where you could turn over part of your future earnings. It's an income-sharing agreement, an ISA, if you will, an income-sharing agreement. And financiers are transforming student debtors into stock investments is the idea. If I could invest in 
a Stanford engineer, would I do it? Versus, let's say, like a Berkeley poetry major. Wow. That's kind of dark, right? Now, if you're a first-generation college student and you're the only kid from your family ever to go to college, are people going to value that more? Is Microsoft going to say, we really need that person because she's, she's hungry for it? Her mother works as a waitress. Her father works as a control inspector at a produce department for Safeway or something. We need her. I like the idea. Americans owe $1.5 trillion in higher education debt. There was President Clinton at one point in time. You know, he was kind of getting that Peace Corps thing coming back where you give back to your country by serving other countries and poor people and developing nations, and you get a break on your college costs. But $1.5 trillion in higher education debt. And that's going to weigh down an economy. That's going to weigh down your dreams. Millennials are now less likely to buy homes than young people were in 2005. Even senior citizens find themselves still making payments on their student loans for their kids. There's a crisis there. So I think the mortgage market is old and stupid. I think the real estate realtors are old and stupid. I think we need to disrupt some areas. And one of the areas is college costs. The market for income sharing agreements can be measured in the billions. If you were to buy a mortgage like you were to buy a stock, you can get a 4.25%. Would you do it? Wall, it's just a loan. Wall Street just sees it as a commodity. And they see numbers and math. They're not, you know, they're not potentially tied towards the the modern heart, so to speak, of what they're doing. Some smaller private schools, such as Lukawana College in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and Norwich University in Vermont, are offering ISAs. So income in lieu of your service. It's a pretty fun idea. It's, it's probably better than my idea of having companies like Google start their own university system. But I don't know. So where do you where do you stand on this one? College graduates on average earn a million dollars more over their lifetime. So investing in someone who's going to college might sound like a pretty good idea. ISA experts say they've filled a calls from some of the world's largest investment managers that are considering investing in the contracts. So companies like Blackstone, which they 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 are hardcore money people. They're starting to look at, at some of these. Financial firms and for-profit colleges have been known to prey on college students' financials and nativity to sell them high-priced private student loans. So it's kind of a corrupt issue. If you started with a salary of 47000 through an ISA, you'd pay um, $15,673. Assuming 3.0% annual salary increases, that'd be a good deal. But if, you know, it's all going to be based on your salary. I could see some people trying to profit by the system. Now, this program isn't brand new, and we've tried these before. 
Like, have you ever heard about mortgage accelerator programs? They're basically shams. Oh, you could send in an extra mortgage payment. You won't pay hundreds and thousands of dollars in interest. Just call us, and we'll teach you how to do it for $4,000. We'll set you up on a, on a program. Well, if you want to send in an extra payment, just send in an extra payment. Say principal only. Write it on the check. You don't have to pay a mortgage accelerator program. And these products have been around for years and years and years, and they recycle themselves on a regular basis. Yale once had an ISA where they pulled all borrowers and they owed the school a percentage of their incomes for 35 years or until everyone paid back what they owed. <coughs> the idea there, when you start pulling people, our higher earners are going to subsidize poor earners or weaker earners. Um, didn't didn't turn out terribly well. But don't you kind of agree that this system is broken and we need disruption? Whether it's in the college cost and college loans business or the mortgage industry or the realtor. The, the, the idea of realtors is offensive to me. You don't have to have a degree, and yet you can go around telling people it's the greatest investment they'll ever make. That's offensive. We need to change that. And again, we try to on occasion for sale by owner doesn't always work out for people. It's a lot more work than they think. There's a value in that person. Is there a value in the old way of doing student loans versus the new way? I don't know. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Who's running out of options quicker? It's an interesting question. But during all this calamity, interest rates have aggressively dropped to the point that a lot of Americans are refinancing up 116% year over year the levels of applications. Now, that doesn't mean anything in and of itself because we only had one last year and we've done like one and a half this year. Woo! That's not that much of an increase, is it? Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. One of the biggest purchases you'll have in your life is your mortgage. One of the best things you could do is potentially refi when rates do drop. How are you, Tony? I'm doing well. Good morning. So how have you seen it from your end? Because the lower Treasury 10-year yield on my end, the inverted yield curve kind of implies a recession or, how shall we say, a flight to quality in my world. So a lot of people are are hiding from the recession, potentially. What are you seeing? Well, I mean, it has a direct effect on the underlying index that kind of controls the the mortgage rates, and that's the 10-year yield. And that's benefiting the, the mortgage rate. So we've seen that dip to near three-year lows. Um, let's just call them three-year lows, but very close to six-year lows, which we saw the lowest rates ever back in 2013. Um, which is funny is the, the yield was actually higher. It was at 1.73 back in May of 2013 when we saw record low rates. And the yield is lower today. So I don't want to, I don't think people should read into that too much. Like, could rates even go lower? I think when it comes to refinancing and you're talking about how applications have spiked and how um, many Americans should refinance. There's been many studies out there, like uh, Black Knight did a study that says if the interest rate drops a quarter percent, another 1.2 million homeowners can refinance and save 200 something dollars. And what it, what it really comes down to is when does it make sense for you? Uh, it's, it's really busy right now out there. I, there's articles out there from bankers saying, be, you'll be lucky to even get us to answer the phone. We're so busy. That's uh, the kind of environment we're in right now. Uh, our phones aren't like, 
I mean, we have people answering the phones, and I'm answering the phones, and we're contacting all of our old clients, and we're getting a lot of new business. But it, it, it it's all about running the numbers and see how it makes sense for you. Yeah, now. let me talk. Um, um, yeah. So probably about last August, about a year ago, rates were at three two percent on the ten year, and. The ten-year Treasury is what's largely used within reason to price thirty-year mortgages and refis. So, just one year ago, we were almost double where we are now. We're at one five four. We were at three two then. I didn't think we would ever go lower. I had bought a home, a second home, uh, eighteen months ago, uh, and now I'm doing a refi because the rates are that much lower. I thought I had got a bad rate. Is that fair to say that it's a little bit of a surprise? And you and I are in the middle of another refi yet again. Uh, yeah, and I, I think a lot of people are like, didn't I just do this? Um, and yeah. then the other day on the air, I said, I think if you did a, a transaction in the last three years, you might, it's worth looking at, right? Sure, a new transaction to a refi. Right, any transaction, because the, you know over the last three years, rates were in the fours. In some cases, I, I we're running across people who were in you know the upper fours, and some people even in the fives, believe it or not. But a lot of those people are like, People who got an FHA loan and they want to get rid of the mortgage insurance and their value went up and they can do it now, or their credit score went up and they can refinance, or they got an equity line and they want to wrap them in together. We just got a call today before the, the show and they said, we want to wrap in our equity line now because rates have come down and equity line uh, rates are higher. So there's it's just a whole bunch of different reasons that you could do it. But yeah, it, it seems like you just did them the other day and now you're doing it again. But it is a a relief to a lot of Americans that need to save money. And I felt a little weird doing a refi with you after I just closed a mortgage with you 16 months previous, but I did the math and I was like, if I'm going to stay in there for 18 more months, then it'll make sense for me. It'll pay itself off. Um, smart decision for me if I'm going to stay. And I had to make that decision if I'm going to stay in the second home, because it is a second home. It's a ski place for the kids kind of thing. So you and I did the work. We did. A, we had some conversations and we had some philosophy about it. Um, you kind of helped me. I kind of disagreed with you. We kind of got back on the same page. And here we are in the middle of another refi. It's kind of a process, is it not? It is. And once you, it, it, I always tell people, I said, the hardest part about doing any kind of, whether it's a purchase or a refinance is really doing the uh, the the philosophy, if you want to call it, what's really going to make sense. Um, and it could be, you know, doing a refi or getting a first and second loan or putting more money down or getting a mortgage insurance. And it, it really is all the upfront work that you do in the beginning helps you down the road. And um, that's, I think, the biggest obstacle for many people who should be refinancing is they, they think it's too much of a hassle. There's really good people out there in the industry that can, can run the numbers for you and spend the time to, to see if it actually makes sense. It's, it's on the flip side of that, there's a lot of people out there that will try to convince you that it makes sense when it may not make sense. And that's the unfortunate part is there's people that just sit behind a desk and they're told, you need to close as many loans a month, call every single person you ever know, send out this, these many emails, and then and close them no matter what. And it's, but it may not make sense. So there is some predatory, uh, I don't want to call it predatory, but anyway, predatory refinance, the serial refinancer that's out there. I hear you on that. Um, any, any last thoughts? We've got about one and a half minutes. Um, you know, to run the numbers, I think the easiest way to determine whether a refinance makes sense for you is to take your current payments multiply it by the remaining of your remainder of your term, and that's your toll that you're going to pay. Then you look at a new refinance with the new rate, take those payments, multiply it by your term, and, and see what's lower. And that 
could be the easiest way to determine whether it makes sense to refinance. Or you might just simply say, I need to lower my, my payment because I'm on a budget. So there's, again, there's different ways that you can look at whether or not it makes sense to refinance. Just talk to a professional. Sounds good. People can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Um, if you're, I'm not saying if you're having trouble making ends meet, but if you have a mortgage and it's at 4%, 4.5%, 3.75%, you may want to look into a refi um, if you're going to be in the property long enough to recoup the cost of doing it. I've done refis in my life. I hate the process of getting a mortgage. It's kind of like going to get a colonoscopy when you turn 50. You dread it. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of signatures. There's a lot of process to it. But a year ago, I didn't think I was going to get this opportunity to save almost $4,000 a year. I think that's a pretty smart use of my time and my effort this week. Anyhow, going to be at a big event coming up at the Money Show in San Francisco at the Hilton. You still have time to sign up for the free registration at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. That's coming up later this morning. Find out more at kdow.biz under Money Show San Francisco. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Some of the headlines today are pretty interesting for me. GE is rebounding today after a former whistleblower came after them and said that there's things that they've been doing with their value of their insurance assets that probably are going to wind up like an Enron or a WorldCom. That's a scary thing. The stock got crushed yesterday. Rebounding today, CEO is buying some shares himself, coming to the company's defense. I don't like stocks like that. I call those Civil War stocks. And... Uh, there's a Radney Foster song out there on divorce, and it goes something like, nobody wins, we both lose. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of think there's something going on there, that nobody wins in a situation like this. And I, if I were to tell you, hey, it looks cheap today, and then the allegations turn out to be true, which none of us are privy on information if they're true or not, it could really haunt you. Um, so I don't, I don't play Civil War stocks. Not my thing. Apple software is hinting at a September 10 announcement for the next iPhone. Now, you do the math, and that's a little less than a month away. I don't know. Does Apple need to come out with a new phone every year? As long as they do, it certainly seems Samsung will. And as long as Samsung, that certainly seems that they will. Stretch it to 15 months, or is it all about that back-to-school, aha, getting the kids fitted with the latest jeans and sneakers and Apple iPhones, you got to have Consumer sentiment for the month of August comes in well below expectations. That's bad news. In large part, we've seen, we've seen the inverted uh, yield curve. That's like a sign. It doesn't mean we're going into a recession. But it's a sign that we could. And then you see first-time unemployment claims starting to get to the mid-200,000 levels below versus below 200,000. And again, that's not a problem until you get above 350,000. But it's starting to trend that way. Then you see U.S. consumer sentiment for August comes in well below expectations. Now, consumer sentiment could be like this. 
man, I don't have enough money in my bank account, so I don't think the future looks that great for me. Or you can go, wow, my boss forgot to pay me for seven months, and I just got a lump sum of $100,000. Woohoo! I'm going to go spend the money. Or it could be that you heard that your neighbor might get fired because he works for Facebook and there's antitrust things going on. I'm just making this up. And you feel bad for him, and you think it's going to get bad around the neighborhood. Or for me, I've seen two for sale signs on my street pop up quickly. And I'm like, what, is everyone fleeing for a reason? What's going on here? Yesterday, Cisco System announced they're going to cut 800 employees. And I'm like, okay, let's say half of them have houses. And let's say half of them have to leave the Bay Area. And that's, I don't know how I came up with those numbers. But that would be 200 houses up for sale, potentially, right? Greatest headline of the day. <laughs> Last night, I saw that Donald Trump has offered to buy Greenland. And I'm like, I didn't know it was up for sale. And then Greenland came out today and said, we're not up for sale. <laughs> if he really tried to buy Greenland, I think this could go down in, as one of history's funniest presidents. And funny haha is not necessarily a good thing. I don't know if it's true. One of his former aides, Anthony Scaramucci, also known as the Mooch, totally turned on him yesterday. Uh, well, maybe not yesterday, probably in the last month. But yesterday, the news broke that there's a Vanity Fair uh, article where basically he says the guy's incompetent. He'll pull out by March 20th, uh, March 2020, and that he's never been a good businessman, that he always kind of acts on impulse. He went at the Taj Mahal Casino in Atlantic City because it was big. Like, he just... He, there was no plan for taking it bigger or getting it nicer or cleaning it up. He just wanted it. So when you get a former insider starting to throw down smack, it's interesting. It's not conducive to a healthy economy. As again, the confidence issues start to, to weigh in on people, slowly creeping into people's minds, in my opinion. Now, again, that's not an end-all, be-all statement. I'm not perfect on politics, and I totally know that. Hey, I mentioned um, Americans and back to school. This is an expensive time of the year for families. It's one of the biggest retail parts of the calendar of the year. And again, companies like Amazon may have kind of started spreading it through the summer by doing Amazon Prime Day. But back to school, BTS, um, kids need, kids grow. Uh, Nike has come up with a shoe subscription because kids' feet grow that fast. I was showing a friend my feet the other day, and I know you're saying, please don't say this. Please don't. I think I know where this is going. And I played soccer for 14, 15 years, and my feet are, are grotesque because I was always in cleats that were too tight. They're grotesque. Literally, like, people at the beach are like, what happened? Did you get, like, a bear transplant on your foot? So... There's ways to save money on back to school. The average family is going to spend, for college students, about $977. For back to school kids in elementary through uh, high school, it's about $697. And in certain parts of the country, it's probably going to be more expensive than others, right? So trying to time back to school sales is tricky. I'll tell you what. Sign up. Once a year for like Gap and uh, what's the kids one? Banana Republic and uh, any any website that your kids might shop at or that you may you know use. There's a lot of coupons that they send out. There's a lot of discounts. Yesterday I got one for Banana Republic, fifty percent off everything for the next four days. 
plus another 10% if you have a credit card with them, which I do. I only use it when I shop Banana Republic or one of the various sites of Old Navy. But that's 60% off, and it's everything except for stuff that's already discounted. So that's that's worthy of now. There's some websites that are a little bit more, some not websites. It's almost silly that I said that. There's some companies and retailers that um, do a pretty nice job, in my opinion, of sales. For instance, Staple has school supplies, I think, better than most people. Um, glue, crayons, notebooks, such. But when you're spending 700 to $1,000 per kid, it's pretty pricey. So if you can save $100, $200 a year, that's $1,200 in 10 years, right? $1,200 to $2,000, that's your whole IRA contribution, your whole retirement contribution for one of those 10 years for some people. I'm not saying that's enough because it's not, but it's a good start. So look for deals. Um, understand that you know students have student discounts if they have student IDs usually. That's always a good thing. Apple's got a student uh, policy that's pretty good. Uh, Spotify has one. Get a good backpack. Bad backpacks will hurt your back. Bad backpacks will cost you money down the road, and you'll end up getting a new one. Uh, Jansport backpacks lands in, have lifetime warranties. And there's a Jansport backpack this week on sale at Target for 28 bucks. So in theory, you can buy one backpack and be done for all of elementary school because they have lifetime warranties. But again, one of the better things, if you can stand the junk mail, sign up for Banana Republic, Old Navy, get that 50% discount, use it. Retailers, are they're struggling, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and that inventory becomes very old, very fast, because we have something in, not typically in California, but across the United States called seasons. And those seasons, there's four of them you may know. In, in California, we've got two. We've got wet season and we've got dry season. Essentially, November, sometimes late October through March, it's wet. And it's a little bit chillier. But then it's it's warm for the rest of the year. Uh, whereas the rest of the United States, it goes from like 100 degrees right now, and in another month or two, it'll be 70. And two or three months after that, it'll be 25 degrees. So the clothes get really old really fast, and they get discounted. Just worthy of note, back to school, super expensive. I don't think it's a, a great insight, and I know you have friends who are better shoppers than me. I'm not a great shopper. But I do get the emails, and like you know, yesterday, I was like, "Hey, Banana Republic's got sixty percent off, essentially," and that works for me. So, um, more and more talk about a recession coming. Just know that's okay. It's normal. It's healthy. It curbs excesses. A good example is when I got to California and San Francisco in the year two thousand. I was overwhelmed. It was late. In, uh, yeah, I was overwhelmed by how successful everyone was, how tall everyone was, how beautiful everyone was, how great clothes everyone had. It was kind of like a, uh, kind of like an amazing time. It was it was kind of a gilded age of wonder, and it was tough to get into a restaurant because everyone had money, everyone had jobs. It was tough to get you know ahead per se because everyone was. I, I was ten years into a career, fifteen years into a career, that ultimately ten years into a career, I was making six figures. I was like, woohoo! I've made it. I've made six figures. 
And the next thing I know, everyone's graduating college, getting a six-figure job as a starter job. And I'm like, oh. And they're getting stock options, which I didn't have the luxury of. So you get the idea. NVIDIA, NVIDIA had a nice quarter. They're one of the companies that did really, really well, up a 1,000% essentially in a three-year period because they made graphic processors that were great for artificial intelligence and great for servers. Now, Google's starting to get into their chip market themselves because they obviously want to power their own cloud with their own product. But NVIDIA had a nice quarter. Uh, Is its fastest-growing days behind it? Probably, unless they have something up their sleeve. But they had a nice quarter with GPUs tied towards video games. And next year's going to be a good year, except for, whoops, they're not in the Xbox 5 or the Sony PlayStation, Sony PlayStation 5 or the new Xbox. I'm Black talking all things financial. NVIDIA up 6% this morning. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Elon Musk just doubled down on his theory that we should nuke Mars. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. That just gets me going, like, really? wonder why. And it has something to do with stabilizing the atmosphere or something like that, changing the atmosphere. I'll be honest with you. I don't have enough time to think about it. I'm worried about the stock market for the next 10, 15, 20 years to get you to retirement. So the Elon Musk stories about Mars, I kind of skip over, if you're with me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Today's top stories are President Trump. He made a declaration after yesterday's close that he has a telephone call scheduled with President Xi out of China. No specific date was provided. We don't even know it's true. And the trade talks are still on for September. Supposedly, Trump is really concerned with a recession tanking his reelection chances. Now, again, who knows? Uh, but you can't really start thinking about how to deal with a recession because you might lead yourself into a recession as an economic policy team. And right now, the job numbers look good. The retail numbers look okay. But there are some flags starting to crop up, confidence as being one of them, inverted yield curve. Banks can't make a lot of money in this environment. And a slowly creeping higher first-time unemployment claims. Companies have not yet pulled the trigger on mass firings, but that would be a lagging indicator when they do, not a leading indicator. Deer and company, ticker symbol DE, you know, John Deere, they make the big construction and mine, not mining, yeah, sure, mining, as well as farming agricultural big rigs. They lower their expectations. They lower their guidance. They said farmers are uncertain, and they're postponing major equipment purchases, even though a week or two ago when China said, okay, we're going to stop buying agricultural products from the United States, Trump said, yeah, all the money that we're making off these tariffs that China's paying, we're going to just give to the farmers, and the farmers are so happy. They're so thrilled. And now we're hearing from John Deere that they're not so happy and so thrilled. Who do you believe more? I believe John Deere a little bit more because they're in business. Ten-year Treasury sitting at 1.55%. That is cray-cray. There was some appreciation given to retail stocks or the retail sales report yesterday that we're not on the brim of a recession. 
NVIDIA reported better than expected earnings results, showing you that there is still some demand for purchasing goods in the world of the technology world. Housing starts and building permits report for July was a mixed bag. Starts disappointed and permits surprised on the upside. So we're not building enough homes in America. And the permits are all about the future. Because when you get a permit, you send the contractor, he comes to your house and goes, and I just assume all contractors are sexist, and they're like, hey, pretty lady, you want a new kitchen? I'll get you a new kitchen. Okay, what do you want? You want pillars in there? You want a breakfast table? Okay. You want a countertop? Okay, I'm going to go to City Hall and get this all approved, okay? Because we're going to have to put a pillar in, and they're going to have to want to come look at it. Thanks, pretty lady. So he marches down to City Hall, and he charges you for his time to march down there. He charges you his time for filling it out. He charges you your time, and like, trust me, they're all marked up. And then you get a permit. And you go on record saying, I'm going to build something in about three to six months after I get the materials and the team put together, and I'm going to need an inspector to come out. So permits tell you future economic activity, and they're, they're important because they give you some visibility into how many houses are going to be constructed, how many houses are going to be remodeled. All very, very big economic uh, tells, so to speak. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. 800-516-1220. I don't get enough calls on the show, and that's okay. Um, but it would be nice to have a little bit of a switch on occasion. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? James Bond's Aston Martin DB5 sold for $6.4 million at a Pebble Beach auction. Pebble Beach does a pretty cool thing. Every year, they have really expensive cars that they kind of line up, parade, show off, and then they do an auction of some rare cars. I'm not a car guy, but I'm actually slightly interested in this event because of that. The Murray brothers, and how many of them are there? There's six of them. You know Bill Murray from Caddyshack. Gopher. Um, They've made a pretty successful move into the Pebble Beach world of golf. Who would have known? Who would have thought it? Are you with me against me? I've got to choose a side. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., his wife, his daughter, and his dog were involved in a pretty, well, they survived a plane crash yesterday, a small plane. Um, and again, it just shows you why you have to have life insurance. You don't need whole life. You don't need variable life. Bad products. Bad products. It's like a dog pooping on your floor. Bad dog. Um and if I could rub an insurance agent's nose in whole life, I would. And in variable life, I would. Now, there's going to be one crazy example where whole life makes sense. And it's typically tied towards charitable giving where you say, okay, I've got $5 million that I'll give you the university, but I want you to buy a life insurance policy for $5 million to give my family. So you win and we win. But other than that, I've never seen a case where whole life or variable life makes sense. Ever, never, ever, never. When? Never. How often? Never, ever, never. So Dale Earnhardt, hopefully, let's just say he was just on the plane by himself without his wife and kid. He's got a job. He's got a career. He's kind of like a key man in his business. He no longer races. His dad died in a car, race car. He basically got out of the industry pretty young, and he's kind of a commentator. He's pretty good at it. But he has an income that his, his wife and daughter would have needed had plane not gone so well. But they were all on the plane, and they all survived, and it's all good. But it just shows you the freakish nature of it. You're like, Dale Earnhardt Jr., isn't he a celebrity? Yeehaw! Yeah, he is. 
Um, but you get my point. I think you never know when your time's going to be punched. I should get in the car right now, drive up to the Hilton in San Francisco for a 10 pillars of retirement income event with CFP Chad Burton. You can learn more about the event by going to uh, kdow.biz, signing up for the event. It's today, this morning. I look forward to seeing you there at 1045. Talk to you soon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.